Hello and welcome to the Form of Fitness podcast, a podcast where I, Nathan Shanes, and my co-host Duncan Bryson will be breaking down the world of fitness into bite-sized pieces of information, such as exercise philosophies, routines, and more. We're glad you're along for the journey. We hope you enjoy the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Form of Fitness podcast. I'm joined by Duncan today, and we're going to be talking about how to row. You may think you're doing it right, but you might be doing it wrong, so... Go ahead, Duncan. Yeah, so I think that we need to clarify real quick that we're talking about rowing is in the rowing machine. We're not so much talking about dumbbell rowing. That's a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of different forms of cardio that we do that we really don't do correctly, and we don't question it either. Um, I just see this a lot whenever I go into the gym. Even if I go into like a CrossFit gym, a lot of people who hop on the rower just don't do it efficiently. And then at that point, if you're doing this for a competition or as part of a workout, you're not getting yeah. an accurate representation of your strength and your um, aerobic capacity just because you're not doing it efficiently. Yeah, um, It's kind of like you being weaker at squats just because your form's bad. Um, I wouldn't say that that's an accurate representation of your strength. I would say that that's an accurate representation of the failure of your form. Yep. So... Yeah, and I'd say that rowing as a movement is pretty easy to do do that with, especially when you're talking about doing it for cardio. Yeah. Uh, I think that the machines, for some people that aren't familiar with what the idea they're trying to get behind, it can turn into really quickly like just being an arm motion mm-hmm. or just like moving your ass and not actually like pulling the cable and spinning the turbine. Um, it can also end up being a lot more just back movement and you keep your arms like locked out, yeah. which – is a bad thing when you're talking about competitively, but it's also one of the cool benefits about it being this way because you can isolate the three main sections, I would say, that there are in this uh, movement, which are the motion done with your legs, the motion done with your back, and the motion done with your arms, Um, which I I think we're going to make sure, yeah, we'll hit all of these things. And all those things are important because it depends on where you're hinging, where you're putting the weight, Mm -hmm. where you're, uh, how you're pulling with your hands potentially, so. Yeah, and also the rowing machine is a really good piece of equipment for cardio, especially if you're an individual who is newer to the gym Mm -hmm. and who maybe has a bit too much weight on your frame in order to run. Um, Running is notoriously hard on your joints. Mm -hmm. And, like, one of the things that I like to pull from is, like, for the CrossFit Games, all these athletes, they could have ran a marathon. However, the directors for the games decided that they were going to row a marathon instead. And the reason for this was because even though their athletes could have ran the marathon, the issue is, is if it's like your second event of the week and you go and you run the marathon, if you're not used to recovering after a marathon, if you don't have a runner's body, you're trashed for the rest of the week. Yeah, that's true. So um, if you are looking for something that's easier on your joints, you have bad knees or you have a lot of weight that you're trying to shed at the moment, a rower is often a lot better than trying to run where you're getting all that impact on, you know, your knees, your ankles. Even your hips. Even yeah. your hips. Yeah, too. basically every every joint in your body from the hip down gets affected by uh, running, whereas, like, in the case of rowing, you're not going to see that as much, especially if you're doing it with proper form and effectively. Yeah. When you're talking about competitively, though, I mean, that they're obviously doing that if they're at these upper echelons. Yep. And... Also, we can talk about how I mean, rowing is a really 
good machine because you don't really need outside equipment to track your calories, your meters, and your efficiency in real time. Um, most rowers that I've seen are Concept 2 rowers. A mm-hmm. Concept 2 rower can break it down really easy for you. It'll give you your split, usually in a 500-meter increment. I think you can change um, it, though. If you, you can change to. it around. You can tell it what you want it to track, what you want to do for, like, a rowing workout. Yep. But it can also track your calories. It can track your strokes per minute. There's a lot of really cool nifty information in there where if you want to get down in the weeds and really work on your row, you can do all that with a rowing machine, and you don't have to get, like, say, a fitness tracker or a heart rate monitor or yeah. something like that. Um, and so... Something that a lot of people don't realize about the rower is it's a pretty good full body movement. Um, mm-hmm. Now, it is a pull. So if you're trying to warm up like on your pull day, oh, I would suggest a rower because it is kind of a cardio version of this pulling motion. It, yep. you're, you're pushing off with your legs, but you're ending it at full extension with I mean, the chain almost right around your belly button. And that kind of throws us into it's mimicking almost this deadlift power clean motion. And a lot of times when we're talking about where should that damper be, how should this feel? Think about it in that almost power generating Mm -hmm. movement of your deadlift and your power clean. Cause um, it just makes it a lot simpler. And if you already have experience with those movements, that's very close to what this movement should feel like. And I mean, when it comes to talking about power, you can even put the machine to output and tell you how many watts you're actually generating, Yeah, which I think is pretty pretty funny, but it's also a pretty nifty feature. Like they've got a lot of additional features on these. I've actually never seen a rowing machine that isn't a concept to, okay, I take that back. I've seen a handful, but they look really, really weird. (laughs) They look really, really, really weird. Yeah. And on top of that, they seem to function a little bit differently than the Concept 2. The Concept 2 is really like, it's a great machine. And if you're not used to it, the soreness you'll feel after that first time using it, and I mean first time like using it, not like you don't do it that often, mm-hmm. but just doing it that first time, it really is, it, it'll it take it out of you. Trying to have a competitive row time is one of those things that I honestly like to strive for. It's fun yeah. to do. But it's also it's it's hard. It really is, and it's a it hits almost every part of your body. It really does. Yeah. And so now I think it's a good time to basically go into the functional form of this movement. And the idea here is almost like you're on a clock, right? And so when you have the chain at the very beginning of the movement, you're closer to almost like a ten o'clock motion, mm-hmm. and then you're going to straighten out into about a twelve o'clock um, position, and then you're going to extend all the way to about a two o'clock position um something that i hear a lot is go knees hips arms arms hips knees and the idea here is you almost lock out your knees you then um, extend your hips and then you pull up with your arms Mm -hmm. and the only reason why you're pulling with your arms is of and as a result of this violent motion that you are building from your knees and your hips extending and locking out yeah um and so you have to understand that if you are just pulling with your arms, it's going to cause a lot of problems, especially if you're rowing for any amount of distance because your arms are the first thing to get sore in any movement. Yeah. Um, And so I see this a lot where athletes will hop on that rower. They'll give it a couple really good pulls and then 
just tire out really quickly because they're not being efficient in when they are pulling. It's just like a power clean. Yeah. You know, it's a timing thing. And the consequences on a rower is not as high as like a 185 power clean, but the consequences are still there and they will catch up to you if you're going for like a 1,000 meter row, a 2,000 meter row. Yeah, definitely. Um, And so that is where we're really talking about like some of these faults of form coming Mm -hmm. into play. Yeah. The way I like to think about it is when I'm doing it, I think the first set of muscles I really need to activate is my legs. Everything else should stay tight until I've extended through the legs, Mm -hmm. use my back. And then once I'm at my back's extension and, you know, a little bit before I reach it, start using those arms, legs, back, arms, right? And in, in, in that progression, you should realize that your legs are the muscles that should be able to handle the most amount of endurance, your back second and only second to your arms because, (laughs) you know, you know, and and it just makes that, that much more sense. The most powerful part of that equation is your legs. Your legs should be more powerful than your back. Your back should Mm -hmm. be more powerful than your arms. And then your arms are really just the finisher to it. And it's all about draining as much energy out of that singular motion from this 10 o'clock position to that two o'clock position. You want to pull that, um, that cord as far as you can, as efficiently you can, and as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. That's what creates the most power. That's what creates the most speed. Yep. And so then we can start talking about like, what are the goal times? What is something that I should be focusing on as like a 500, 1000 and 2000 meter benchmark for my rower. Um, so the male times here that I have pulled up is for a 500 meter row, um, about a minute and 35 seconds and uh, 0.4 for a thousand meter row for a male three minutes and eight seconds um, 0.4 and if you do that math you're going to realize that that's not even double um, the time it's a little bit less than double however you do have to understand that on these machines getting going is harder than maintaining yep and so it does make sense that most male athletes between 500 and a thousand meters actually get a little bit faster in their uh like per pace shaving about two seconds is what the method method tell you yeah and so this makes sense once you understand that it takes a bit to get going and once you do um you're traveling faster essentially um and if you think about like water mechanics if you've ever been on canoe this makes sense again coasting basically you're using coasting energy you know and you're breaking a kinetic uh, what is it a kinetic friction as opposed yeah. to a static friction you're yeah it's a lot easier there's less you know, and if you were to resistance. S- stop rowing the rowing machine is going to keep counting meters even though you've stopped pulling mm-hmm. uh, so then that leads us to the 2000 meter uh row time for a man and that's six minutes 38 seconds 0.8 um for females it's 158.4 for the 500 meter row um, 342.4 for the 1000 meter row. Again, notice that the 1000 meter row is not double, it's um, slightly less than double the time for a 500 meter row. And then for the 2000 meter row, it's 739.5. Um, these times can feel a little daunting, however, I would um, say that your row time and your run time should be pretty similar outside of like joint issues. So like my 1600 meter row is about the same as my 1600 meter run. Um, 
and this translates for most people. However, like if their joints aren't perfect or their running form isn't great, but their rowing form is, like these things will cause uh, discrepancies. However, like when you think about ro- rowing, especially like stature and height is going to make it easier for you to row just because you're getting more efficiency out of a pull. Um, and so then we can talk about drills and practices. So something that I really like to do just to even warm up on the rower and just get my self to like think straight is to isolate my legs, hips and arms in each movement and do about 10 reps of each. And so this is kind of almost like a burner warm up for um, a weight lift. You're just going to extend your legs 10 times and then you're going to stay in that legs locked out position and extend your hips 10 times. And then you're going to stay in that kind of leaned back position and you're going to pull with your arms 10 times. And so what this does is it helps to train your body and your mind to know what the individual steps are. That way you can more easily and effectively put them together instead of, and sequence them correctly instead of just knees, hips, arms, you know, or slightly extending your hips while extending your knees and then also pulling like slamming through the motion, but not really getting it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing is that you can do, and this is more to, help decrease your overall time on the rower um, is to do blank meter repeats. So my recommendation is to go for at least four of whatever distance that you're trying to get Um, for like a 500 meter. If that was your focus, I would say look for like a 250 meter row for four reps. And the goal here is to try to keep the time to complete constant. What this will help you do is, basically um, develop your endurance. So if you are going really fast on these repeats, it should feel exhausting. And then you want to rest about one-to-one and then get right back to it. If you've ever ran and you've done like hill repeats or anything like that, this is a very similar concept. Um, And it shouldn't be foreign to you. Yeah. However, I find that it helps a lot because it's really getting your body to understand this is the pace that i need to be going the whole time yep and it can also build some good confidence too yeah it'll get you comfortable at the motion and it also gets you comfortable at the pace you know i mean it's kind of like uh essentially running at tempo with other people to an extent is that you're learning the constant you're learning you're making more things constant which makes you more comfortable more confident Mm -hmm. etc etc yeah and talking about consistency the next thing that we can do to help um our rowing time and our rowing efficiency is what I like to call tempo rowing. Um, so if you've ever seen people row in the real world, they never row at this breakneck all out pace. It, and most of that's because they're kind of on a team and they're working together. But even like if you think about a kayak or a canoe, you're never just paddling really fast constantly. You're kind of doing this methodical movement. And so I like to think about this, and I have a small musical background, so I like to row in three time. And so that for me, that feels like one. If one is my pull, then I have two and three to rest. And it's just one, two, three, one, two, three. And those two seconds, I'm breathing in, and that one, as I pull, I'm breathing out. And so this helps you, especially if you have a weightlifting background, control your breathing, and it puts it into a 
frame of reference where, oh, this is just like when I lift. You know, when I lift right before that preparation, I have to breathe in. And then as I, you know, complete the squat, complete the deadlift, complete the bench press, I'm breathing out. It's very similar here. You breathe out as you push on the, push your feet into the rower and you're extending and then you get to breathe in as you're recovering. Um, this also, it can be coupled with keeping your power curve like a bell. So I know that, you know, people in my age were less and less accustomed to the notion of a bell curve. <laughs> um, now that I'm in college, <laughs> I've discovered the bell curve yeah. and uh, that some professors still like to uh, keep everyone either near the average or close to right under. Um, however, you won't, again, use these re- the rower's resources. And one of the resources is this watt graph, or also there's um, a pounds force graph, which will look basically the same um, if you look at them while you're rowing. And the idea here is you want this force that you are exerting on the rower to peak out towards the middle and be lowest at the beginning and at the end. You don't want it to spike up real hard and then crash real hard. And you, because the issue with this is oftentimes you're expending a lot of energy in order to accomplish that really sharp spike. And that's not maintainable, but you also want to make sure that you are not just creating this really low curve either. Cause it's, at the same time, you want to be able to get places. You want yeah. to be able to push meters. Um, so you're basically looking almost for like a paraba- uh, parabolic shape or maybe a little bit more like a bell curve shape. Yeah. But you don't want to have anything too extreme on either end. Yeah. And you'll notice the feeling of that. I mean, it's like, are you picking up throughout the motion mm-hmm. and then cooling off as you reach the extension of the motion? It's pretty, pretty simple stuff, and you'll feel it. You don't necessarily need to look at the graph to understand that, yeah. but looking at the graph does help. So, yeah. Um, and then the last thing that I want to touch on today is the damper. <laughs> um, so there's actually a lot of bullshit that gets um, covered by this damper because a lot of people, especially in the uh, gym bro category, who think about, oh, I'm a big macho man, high number means harder. <laughs> Um, <laughs> which I guess after all the conditioning of thinking about, you know, squats, I got to squat harder and I got to squat with higher weight. Um, a lot of people just, if they haven't done the research or ha- haven't like Googled this stuff, they'll just think that what the damper is, is it's a weight and the higher the weight, the harder it is. But that's not really how this damper works. Um, basically the damper controls airflow through the fan and, if you have it closer to 10, it's harder to do the pull at the beginning. And if you keep it closer to, like, let's say two or three, it's harder to pull towards the end. And, of course, if you have it closer to five, it's a more balanced feel. Um, a lot of rowers that do, like, distance rowing, a lot of those competitive individuals keep the rower almost, like, towards a seven or a five. Um a lot of CrossFit people, if they're doing like a row for calories and it's pretty quick um, in terms of time frame, they want to have it closer to like an eight. But individually, 
um, the way it's always been described to me, the way that I always tell people and the way that it has always felt good for me is if you want to experience it more like a deadlift, have it at a higher number. If you want to experience it more like you're catching the power clean, have it at a lower number. And I find that it really works for me, especially when I'm thinking about dealing with like a calorie goal. Like I have to hit 40 calories on this rower and then I can go do other stuff. I want it at a higher number. That way, every time I pull, I'm accomplishing one calorie. For a lot of people, yep. they can't do that. <laughs> I'm tall. Yeah. This is the one break I get. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, you can squat twice my body weight on, you know, an average day. I get a row. <laughs> yep. Correct. Yeah, that's true. I, I tend to keep mine more towards the top just because I'm – much more familiar with that feeling of motion than I am with uh, keeping it towards the lower end. So I'm not really necessarily super familiar with catching the power clean, but as far as the feeling of doing the deadlift, I mean, that's definitely right in my ballpark. And when I'm doing this, I do tend to keep mine closer to 10, somewhere probably between the eight to 10 mark. Yeah. Um, and I like the way it feels. I like the way it feels at that motion. It feels very, very, very uh, powerful, powerful through the legs and the back which makes the motion a lot more um, clean feeling to me, I'd say. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that's up to you depending on how you want to, how you want to row and where you want that, uh, the power of the motion to be at. So, so you got every, anything else you need to add about rowing? No, sir. I think we've touched everything you can touch about uh, the rowing <laughs> yeah. machine. I think we've hit everything. Um, and the funny part is, and this is, this might be the worst part about knowing how to row is that you'll realize how many people do it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and then you get to la like you know you see compilations fails compilations like the amount of people that are just like like I saw a guy just sliding the seat back and forth <laughs> without moving his arms I was like does that feel like you're working out you know you know what I'm saying like yeah. like at some point you got to say this really doesn't feel like I'm working out there's no yeah. resistance to what I'm doing yeah so you know but yeah um. That is everything that we've got to offer you guys about rowing. And uh, any more questions, YouTube's got the answers. Yep. So, <laughs> all right. We'll see you guys next time. See you.